We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We are getting close. Getting very, very close to the most exciting day of the year. If you are a basketball nerd, if you are someone that thinks about this shit way too much, I mean... Yes, it's going to be a little bit different for us this year because um, barring a complete collapse, which knock on wood, um, the Knicks are not going to have and and at the very least should be in contention for the play-in tournament um, for the rest of the year. Um, I, you know, trade deadline is still exciting um, because after this passes, you're not really going to hear anything else about trades or moves that the team might make until after the season's done. And that stuff is fun to speculate about. Um, I think this summer is going to be fun, but um, I I also, you know, we've talked a lot about this podcast on this podcast about how it might be a down summer, but whatever, we have a long way to get there. Um, First things first, today's guest, the one and the only, the goat of New York sports beat reporters, he is in a class by himself. Um, I have said repeatedly, and I will say it once again, um, the only rock-solid reporting that at least I believe is from SNYZ and Bagley, who joins us today. And um, 
you know, he paints a, a pretty a tepid picture. Um, I'm not going to, you know, steal his thunder and I'll let him tell it to you. And, and I won't paraphrase what he gives, what he says in the interview, which, by the way, we recorded on um, on Monday late in the morning. So um, we if there are any rumors that came out uh, over the last uh, two days or day and a half, we, we did not touch on them specifically. But, um, you know, he, he, he paints a t- sort of picture that then this is going to be a quiet deadline. And uh, over those last, you know, I guess 36 or so hours since uh, between when you're listening to this and when we recorded this podcast. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out. Um, I think there was a report today that the Knicks were kicking the tires on Lonzo Ball. I I had, um, you know, um, heard a little little scuttlebutt on my end about that a ball to the Knicks situation was was perhaps in the cards i i don't know how much i believe that not to you know poo poo anything but i i just well actually you know what let's let's take a second Let, let's get into it because you know ian kind of touches on this but i i want to go a little bit more in depth before we get to the interview so if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like i don't get it the knicks have young players that they are probably okay with moving and Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina. Um, they have all this cap space. They have, um, you know, extra picks. They have the Pistons pick. They have future second round picks. They have all of their own second round picks after this year. Um, and they obviously have those Dallas firsts. And like, those are, those are all okay assets, but, they're not assets that the team I think would feel heartbroken about parting with for the right player. But then if you're asking yourself why the team is not going to make a significant move ahead of the deadline, I think it's because other teams feel the same way about those assets as the Knicks do, which is that like, yeah, we're cool with parting with this stuff. So another team, you know, again, let's take new Orleans with Lonzo ball. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, like what? Wh- why? Like we we don't we don't care that much about Kevin Knox and the thirty third pick in the draft. Like we'd rather take this situation into restricted free agency and then maybe you know benefit um, in some way from it. Then and that's like and that's the same situation I think you're going to come up with with a lot of these guys. Um, in short, and and again I get into this with Ian a little bit, but just to really spell it out, there is no perfect situation out there where all of the Knicks stuff comes together to create that ideal trade for both them and for another team. Because if you look at the Knicks right now and you look at the stuff that they have to offer, like, yes, they have second round picks and yes, they have some, some vaguely interesting young players, but every team across the league has that stuff. So the only thing the Knicks have that really nobody else has other than the Thunder. And I guess if you want to throw the Celtics in there because they have this massive trade exception, is cap space. The Knicks have cap space. Nobody else has, has cap space. And the Thunder aren't really looking at, to add anybody for like kind of a stretch playoff run. So you look at the Knicks cap space and you say, okay, well, they must be able to utilize this cap space in some way, shape, or form. So you think, to you, okay, how could the Knicks utilize this cap space? Well, to me, it's pretty simple. You, you find a situation where a team or two teams are looking to make a trade with each other 
where one of the teams is trying to acquire, let's say, a really good player, and the other team has to send out a salary, a, a, you know, a fairly sizable salary of a decent player, but a player that maybe for whatever reason the, the, the other team in the deal doesn't want. And the Knicks would then swoop in and say, okay, we're going to um, – we're going to inherit this contract of this like pretty good player and we'll give up a small asset for the right to do so. And I think that's the best ideal scenario for the Knicks if they wanted to actually really utilize this capsule. Cause if you want to tell me like, okay, and I've talked about it in the past, I think there there's a, a decent chance that they, they ended up um, trading for, for, Victor Oladipo just because they're the one team that could offer the Rockets something that I think the Rockets will value, which is caps cap savings. But now it looks like there's a possibility some team or the price on Oladipo has dropped so low that some team is out there might trade for him, you know, not having any hope of re-signing him this summer and, and just to try to get him for the stretch run. I, I, I still think the Knicks are, are, you know, maybe that call that happens. And again, I get into this with Ian on the podcast, you know, right before the deadline where they, they have just something like a little bit better than anybody. And the Rockets ultimately value, you know, savings more than, more than other assets. But if the Rockets value the best asset that they can get, then no value. Oladipo is not going to be a Nick. Um, because again, unlike contenders, the Knicks are not, the Knicks value of getting Oladipo now for this like quote unquote stretch run is much less than a team that actually has a chance of doing some damage in the playoffs this year, which the Knicks all due respect to what they've been able to accomplish this year. They're not in that situation. So they shouldn't overpay for Victor Oladipo because he's going to matter to them more next year and potentially beyond than this year. Also his bird rights still matter to them because they have all the cap space, you know, in the world um, to just sign him outright. Let me get back to the trade scenario I was talking about. And I'm, I'm, I wrote about this a little bit in, in, uh, for Wednesday's newsletter. So you look around at potential situations like that, where the Knicks could swoop in as a third team to take on the salary of a good but not great player. Um, and I just don't see that many situations out there that I, I think are, are ripe for that sort of move. Like, perfect example. Pat Beverly, right? Pat Beverly, I think I mentioned him um, on the podcast I did Sunday with Jeremy. He's a guy that's making $14 million next year. Is Pat Beverly worth $14 million next year? No, I don't think so. Probably not. But to the Knicks, is Pat Beverly on a $14 million expiring contract next season worth something? Could he you know, be a, a nice plug and play guy as like the starting the quote unquote starting point guard um, where most of the playmaking is going through other guys anyway. Like, yeah, I would rather have him than Alfred Payton. And I'm sure the Knicks would too. He's a much better three point shooter. He's a much better defender. Um, you know, culture, the whole, the whole thing. Here's the problem. Like what, are, where, where is the, where is the deal for the Clippers that the Knicks are taking on Pat Beverly? Like what are the Clippers giving up? to get, you know, whatever, Lonzo Ball, like, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, like they don't have anything. So like that situation, I mean, there's the, there's the Philly situation where they got Danny Green and Seth Curry, if they get in on, on Kyle Lowry. But again, you're talking about like, okay, 
you're telling me that there's not another team out there who would value like Danny Green, for instance, more than the Knicks? Like, yeah, I'd love to inherit Danny Green into the Knicks cap space if that's the best use of that cap space. But one, I'm not. Is that really the best use of the cap space? Um, and two, I have to think some contender out there is going to be like, no, we want the guy that's been to the last two NBA finals um, and, and would would maybe give up something a little bit more. And then you talk about a guy like Seth Curry, who could definitely have value to the Knicks moving forward. And if, again, the, the situation has to exist with the other team, which I guess let's talk about a Kyle Lowry trade, right? If the if the Raptors and the Sixers want to get together on a Kyle Lowry trade, and, you know, like why wouldn't the Raptors just want Seth Curry for themselves? I don't know. You know, the Knicks would, would the Knicks, would they really rather have like the Detroit second rounder than Seth? I don't think so. So like that situation isn't like, you know, there's only one situation that I could see. And this might be a little nuts. Where I think the Knicks could potentially jump in here. And I, I think it's a little bit far fetched. But I also think it's not that crazy. And it's this. We've been hearing now for the last day and a half that the Celtics are very much in on Aaron Gordon. And Evan Fournier, apparently. But I, apparently, I think Aaron Gordon is the real target. So if they're in on Aaron Gordon, like, yes, they can inherit Aaron Gordon and his salary into their trade exception that was formed from uh, the Gordon Hayward trade. So if they do that, they would not have to send out Marcus Smart. Um, and they could just send out, you know, they could send out a couple of first round picks and a young player, right? Um, Romeo Langford, Peyton Pritchard, whoever. But if you're Orlando, and you could get like, what are those picks really going to be worth? Like, yes, the Celtics are a middling team this year. Um, so maybe if the Celtics sent out their pick this year, but then again, they're trading for Aaron Gordon and the East isn't that good. So you're talking about, okay, if you're the Celtics, you're the, you know, you're getting the, I don't know, the 19th pick in the draft, the eight, the 20th pick in the draft, something like that. Like that's a pretty good asset. Okay, fine. Um, but moving forward, do you really want to bank on that other pick the Celtics are sending out being like that good? So then you say, okay, well, if you're Orlando, you ask for Marcus Smart. Perhaps. But what does Marcus Smart really do for the Magic? The Magic just re-signed Markel Fultz to an extension. He's going to be back next year. Um, the magic <laughs> as I'm, as I'm about to continue going through this fake trade, I'm reading now uh, the, the Pelicans have announced that Lonzo ball once again, with that right hip flexor, big air quotes, right hip flexor is out for tonight's game um, against the Lakers, man. That's whew, that situation. Um, that situation is developing. Um, so let's get back to my fake trade. So, like, what do the Magic need Marcus Smart for? They they just they re-signed Markel Fult. They just drafted, um, you know, Cole Anthony. Um, they have Terrence Ross Ross as you know essentially their backup shooting guard. Um, they have spacing issues already. I know Marcus Smart is like a you know he's improved his three point shot over the years, but like I I don't know. I just for some reason I'm not sure I see that that fit. And I, maybe the Magic don't either. Let's assume they don't see that fit. So the Magic are like, we don't want Marcus Smart. 
but we want the value that Marcus Smart would bring. What if the Knicks were like, okay, how would you like Orlando here? How would you like? Because you're if you're if you're Orlando, you're giving up Aaron Gordon, right? How would you like Kevin Knox? And um, the salary of Austin Rivers, which would be important because I'm, I'm going to get to this in a second. And we, the Knicks, will take on Marcus Smart and the salary of Al Farouk Aminu, which then opens up the possibility that the Magic could have some cap space to play with this upcoming summer. And if they dumped Mo Bamba's salary, who, which is expiring um, before he gets the restricted free agency, or it's the fourth year of his rookie contract, I should, I should put it, then the Magic could get really frisky in free agency. So the Knicks would take on that salary. The Knicks would get Marcus Smart. The Knicks would send Kevin Knox to Orlando. So they're getting something else. The Celtics are sending out, you know, let's say um, a y- another young player and um, their first round pick this year. But now they're not sending out any future first round picks. Now they get to protect all their, their own future first round picks. So they're not going to be out any first round picks in the future. Don't have to worry about outgoing obligations. So it still allows them to make, you know, a godfather offer and include all of their picks for someone, if that situation should present itself. And instead the Knicks send out the lesser of their picks this year the lesser of the Dallas pick or their own first round pick. And um, so then all of a sudden, if you're Orlando, you go into this offseason with a ton of cap space. Jonathan Isaac is coming back. Um, Markel Fultz is coming back. Nikola Vucevic obviously is come is there. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Top three. You got Cole Anthony. Hopefully he's, you know, Decent. Um, Terrence Ross, good little player. You are tanking for the rest of this year. So if you're Orlando, you're going to end up with a top seven pick for sure. Maybe a top four pick in this draft. And oh, by the way, you're going to have two other picks right around maybe the late teens or, you know, 2021 at worst. So then if you're the Magic, let's say you don't get lucky in the lottery and you end up with the sixth pick or the seventh pick, you can take that sixth or seventh pick, package it with these other two selections and maybe move into the top five or the top three to get one of these heavy hitting guys. I don't think that's nuts. And if you're the Knicks, you're basically cashing in the Dallas pick right now. I mean, in a perfect world, would you like to give away the the 2023 Dallas pick in this in this fantasy transaction? Absolutely. But but there's a situation where I think the Knicks could potentially utilize their cap space and yes, they would be sending out a first round pick in the deal and a young player in Kevin Knox, but you'd be getting back Marcus Smart, who I know there are divisive opinions on Marcus Smart. And if you're someone that doesn't like Marcus Smart, you're probably listening to this and be like, fuck off, Macri. I would rather have a first round pick than Marcus Smart. Like I, to me, I want Marcus Smart on my team. And I understand next year is he's expiring. um, And you're going to have to pay that guy if you want to keep him past next season. 
But if you give me going into next year a starting five of just, just go with this for a second. Marcus Smart, RJ Barrett, um, obviously Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. And let's let's give the Knicks a decent wing that they'll sign this summer. Maybe Norm Powell. Um, you know, like worst case scenario, Kelly Oubre Jr., who I don't love. Um, but like someone like that. Or maybe, maybe they just use their draft pick on a guy that they could slide right into the starting lineup. Um, and, you know, it's Corey Kispert or, you know, Moody uh, from from Arkansas. And then you have a backup group of Derek Rose, who they'll re-sign, Emmanuel quickly. Let's re-sign Alec Burks. Hopefully, Obi Toppin is not comatose next year in his second season. Um, and, you know, re-sign Noel or, or go out and get another backup center on the market, whoever. I, Frank Milikina, he could be part of your rotation, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you get really crazy, actually slot in Obi Toppin as your backup five during the regular season next year. How you doing? Keep Taj around one more year for breaking case of emergency um, purposes. And then your backup five is Rose quickly, Frank Burks and, um, and Toppin. And you just fuck around and go super small ball. Um, as your backup five and try to outscore teams, you know, um, during those backup minutes. I don't know. I'm just I'm, now at this point, I'm just spitballing here. But the point is, I think they could that could be a really interesting, fun team that maybe screws around and competes for a top four seed, top five seed in the East next year. Um, and I like if you're the Knicks, like it also gives you the chance to then go into the summer of 2022 with um, literally, I think they would have like a hundred million dollars in cap space, depending on what, what else they did this summer. And if they, you know, sign guys to longer than one year deals. So, you know, um, I think that would be an interesting situation. I just like Marcus smart. So that's kind of why I, I want him on this team. I think he's a tone setter. And I think, you know, and that also, by the way, sets the stage for, the you know the godfather offer to whether whoever i don't I, we don't need to get into that right now but like that's the only one that's the only trade when i was I, I trust me i've been ragging my brain like i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you probably have been racking your brain um for fake trades that make sense and it's just it's tough like other than other than that kind of a complicated deal i just don't see the situation out there where the Knicks are going to feel like it's worth it to overpay for a guy that they could either sign a restricted free agency or sign an unrestricted free agency this summer. Um, And like, there's no one out there with multiple years on their deal who I think they would make a big offer for, you know, Levine's not available. Beal's not available. Uh, So, you know, if they don't do something like that, which again, I'll let Ian talk to you about, um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil Ian's answer because I did ask him at the end of the podcast, like if you could bet, your your money on the Knicks ending up with one player, he gives an answer, and it's not someone that's going to be terribly exciting. Although I do think it would, it's someone that would help the Knicks. Um, one last thing before we get to um, the Ian interview, um, he wanted to he we spoke after the interview was over, and he wanted to make sure that something came across clearly. Uh, at one point, I asked him um, to 
transplant himself to, you know, next week or like next Monday or something. And uh, what player currently on the Knicks does he think would be um, gone either via buyout or via trade? And he gave, I'll, I'll spoil this part of the interview. He said Austin Rivers, but he wanted to make sure to clarify that he, he's not saying necessarily that if Austin Rivers is bought out, he's going to be bought out like right away after the trade deadline. He thinks maybe, you know, there's a chance maybe it takes longer than that. But uh, spoiler alert, um, Ian, uh, which again, this was reported by Zach Lowe of ESPN a few days ago. Um, he thinks uh, Austin Rivers is going to be, um, you know, not not long for not long for the Knicks, I should say. Um, other things, I guess, real quick. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm. This is not going to be. We're not talking about the Wizards game. If you want to listen to my thoughts on the Wizards game, check your feed. That podcast is there. Um, so I will. Uh, I will. Um, you know, recap the game on that. Um, oh, one other thing I should touch on before I get to to Ian. Um, Kenny Payne's name is in the news. Um, actually, Kenny Payne, Brock Aller, front office member of the Knicks, and Johnny Bryant, um, all of these people are in the news as possibly being targets of other teams. So there was a Yahoo report today that said Brock Aller is a candidate to be there, the person who basically makes decisions for them basketball-wise if they move on from Kobe Altman. Um, that would suck. I really don't want um, Brock Aller to go anywhere. Um, and Johnny Bryan, I think, was mentioned in conjunction with uh, some job or another. I forget. And then the big one, though, is, is Kenny Payne. And it looks like, uh, according to, I think, it's Shannon Ryan, um, that DePaul is attempting to uh, zero in on Kenny Payne. That would be a big loss. And I don't need to say, you know, again, I, I talked about this the other morning, but like there's that's picking up steam. So um, I I hope for Kenny Payne, he gets the job. I hope for the Knicks that he that he doesn't. Um, uh, there's other names that have been in the news, but you know what? By the time between when I am recording this right now, which is seven o'clock on, on Wednesday or Tuesday evening. And when you hear this, there's probably going to be a dozen more names. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed save a lot of that stuff for um, shameless plug here uh, Thursday when myself and Jeremy Cohen will be sitting down and, and talking through the trade deadline 
live. We're going to be on from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday, and that's going to be on the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Um, so if you're not subscribed to that, go subscribe to it now. Uh, and of and that uh, that two hour discussion will actually be our Friday podcast. So if you have like, oh, I don't know, a real job and you can't sit around watching a computer screen from two to four p.m. on Thursday and you still want to hear our discussion, just check your pod feed on uh, Friday and that will be there for you. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast it's trade deadline week, so if you gave me a list of like 10,000 people I could have on this program right now to prepare us, he's number one on the list? I don't even know who I would have as number two on the list. Maybe Pat Riley. I like. I mean, when, when do you not want to talk to Pat Riley? Um, Ian Bagley of SNY, host of The Putback. Um, he is uh, one of one. How are you, Ian? Very, very, very kind of you to say, John. I appreciate it. Uh, I could send you a list of 10 easily that come no. ahead of me, but I appreciate you, man. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, as we as we were speaking about before, doing okay. Uh, two weeks in, still in one piece. So uh, this is this is good. Amazing, <laughs> man. Congratulations to you and your family. Thank you so much. Um, you are, uh, you're like the, the Joe Dumars with the two phones this week. So I'm going to get right to it. I know you're, I know your time is valuable. Um, let's get right into it. Your most recent big report um, about where the Knicks stand heading into this deadline is, uh, I'm going to use your words. I think there was no, you do not expect any big moves. Um, and I am curious I'm going to ask for uh, right off the bat. I'm going to ask for your opinion on this. Do you think this is more about any kind of a a stance that this front office is taking of like we're going to be patient, we're going to be diligent, we're going to wait, and the da, 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 da. or do you just think there isn't that move out there that checks all the boxes of like maybe someone under contract, kind of youngish, not going to cost a ton of assets? Where do you think the front office lies right now in terms of maybe its mentality as as they approach uh, Thursday? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to reference kind of earlier this month how, what teams had said that had been in touch with the Knicks. And, you know, I, I say that because things can change by the minute at the deadline. But I, I, I do think that there, there's no obvious deal out there that checks all those boxes that you referenced. And I think that's, you know, I think that's going to be the big swing uh, when, when it's taken uh, with Leon Rose in this group. It's going to be looking to make the trade for the player you described, player under contract for a while, young um, you know, still ahead of his prime and uh, and a player who they feel can really, you know, jumpstart this thing. And I don't think that deal exists right now. You know, Victor Oladipo hurt, uh, coming off the injury has looked good to not so good to, to great, but hasn't been consistent and he's going to be a free agent this offseason. So I don't I don't see why you would go give up a ton of assets to get him. Now, that being said, if the price for Oladipo becomes pennies on the dollar, you know, maybe then it makes sense to, to make a play. But I, I don't I don't get the sense that there's a big trade. When I say big trade, I mean a trade where you're giving up, you know, a couple firsts and a bunch of players to get a, you know, a star. I don't see that being in the cards uh, before Thursday the 25th. So you mentioned Oladipo, um, your old colleague at ESPN, Zach Lowe, had a report this morning, um, kind of piggybacking off of uh, a report, I believe it was from um, Shams uh, earlier today, and Kevin O'Connor. Every, everybody's kind of saying the same thing in, in regards to Oladipo, which is that 
he is a player who the Rockets seem to want a lot for. And yet, um, nobody seems to want to give up a lot for him. And that is because of all the things that, you know, you just mentioned. He is coming off an injury. He is um, an expiring contract. Um, it is. It, do you think this is a situation where the Knicks may be coming down the pike and it's, or maybe not the Knicks, where the Rockets may be coming down the pike and it's Thursday at whatever time, 2.30, 2.45, and they just don't have a better offer and the Knicks are their phone call and it's like, all right, what's the best thing you got? Or do you get a sense that this is more Victor Oladipo is just not the player that this front office wants to invest any assets in at, at this point in time? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I'd kind of be guessing – on that, but I do think that the the real one of the real issues for the Knicks and anybody else is what's Houston going to want back. And I think when you talk about getting to Thursday, the thing that interests me there is is there a team that's contending that says, "Look, we don't care if we're going to lose Victor this off season. We need somebody to help us now." You know, is it like a Boston or a Dallas that says we're just going to we'll give you your first? Or we'll give you your first in player X. We need help. Uh, you know, we don't care if he leaves and we just need help now. I just wonder if that ends up being the scenario here with Old Depot. As far as the Knicks, you know, that we've said it. I think we've all been saying it for months now. There are people over there who are fans of Old Depot and who see him as a good addition to this roster. I'm still unclear about how the, the top decision makers feel about Oladipo, but I, I really don't, I'd be surprised unless the price for Oladipo plummeted, the Rockets said, Hey, you know, give us, give us something that's, it's much less valuable than what we've been asking for. I would be surprised if the Knicks gave up significant assets to get Oladipo on Thursday. Um, you talk about um, something of not a lot of value. Uh, I, I got the sense from you, from your reporting mostly, and I guess from other little drips and drabs around that at one point um, heading into this season, this regime considered Kevin Knox to be something above minimal value, that he was a player that, you know, you're bringing in, you know, Wes is here now and you're bringing in Kenny Payne and the Kentucky connection and it's entering year three and the whole thing. Um, and yet his name has been, bandied about by people looking at the Knicks situation as like, you know, is he the toss in? I've my biggest question personally heading into this deadline is do, whether their internal thinking on Kevin Knox has changed. And I understand I'm, I'm again asking you to speculate a little bit, but do you have any sense of if their calculation as far as like, okay, how does Kevin Knox fit into our future plans? If that has altered at all um, since maybe what a year ago six months ago three months ago anything like that well i mean the one thing i i do know about not not specifically about knox but just in general i think that you shouldn't take playing time or a player's spot in a nick rotation as an indication of how tom thibodeau feels about that player i say that because you know i was surprised to hear recently that thibodeau has felt that you know frank nilakina you know there's something there like there's there's a talent there and maybe in, in a different scenario, right situation, surrounded by the right people, you you kind of delve into Frank and you get the best out of him. So I was surprised to hear because he hadn't been playing Frank all year. And I just mm. assumed, wow, Tibbs must be very down on Frank. But then, you know, I heard that wasn't the case. So just in terms of Knox, I would say that don't assume that 
Thibodeau is 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 not a fan of Knox just because he's not playing. Now that being said, uh, I really couldn't tell you um, kind of where they are with him right now. But I do think, I mean, maybe you feel the same way. If you're talking about realistic uh, assets to move here, you're not talking about future first. You're just talking about players. Knox might be the most valuable if you're not talking about Barrett or Robinson or Randall or people you definitely want to keep because Knox still young still has a year left on his rookie contract. So you're not trading for him with the risk that he's going to walk this offseason. So, you know, I think that he could be uh, the most realistic uh, top trade piece for them. If you package him with something else, maybe you get a, a veteran back like a shooter. So I think those are the kinds of deals that are much more likely than the Knicks taking a big swing uh, where they give up a bunch of assets for a player before Thursday. Um, I was going to pick up on your recent report about Frank that they're, you know, Tibbs likes him. I think a lot of Nick fans were, were happy to hear that. I think um, when you, when the fan base thinks about the direction of the team and the investment in the youth and the development versus what maybe Thibodeau wants. And if those things are aligned, um, your own Weissman, who we we both love um, had a great report uh, a few weeks ago in which he kind of gave a little in-depth on on the front office. From your sense, do, do you get more of the – because, again, glass half full, it's like healthy tension, right? You love the healthy tension. Glass half empty, it's people that can't get their stuff straight, and these people want one thing and these other people want the other. On, on that sliding scale, do you have a sense of where this front office currently is and how they're operating with each other, operating maybe with Tibbs or any anything to, to that effect? I, you know what I can I'll the only thing that I know is like you know I, it's what your own reported out and it's it's the idea that you know some people over there wanted a win now roster going into this season some people over there wanted to slow play it obviously they slow played it and here they are you know vastly uh, defying expectations and, and and sitting here with a pretty good record I think the plan I mean the, the thought I guess part of the thinking was. This team could be bad, and that's okay, and then mm. let's get a high draft pick. That hasn't happened. But, I, yeah, there was a divergence of thought there. I don't think that's uncommon. I really don't. I think what you what you see in most organizations is everything's kind of behind the curtains, and publicly everybody looks like they're on the same page. But when you're dealing with you know people who are at the top of their profession who get paid to have strong opinions and analysis about mm. different things, you're going to have different opinions. And I think it's only natural – I think for a coach, coaching staff to want to win because the wins and losses are on his resume and the front office, if they see the opportunity to slow play it, they see they would prefer to slow play it. I see that as natural. I think where you're going to have a problem where you could have a problem is the history of the recent history of this franchise. These little blips have turned into bigger things and then you know, things go sideways and then a GM gets fired or a coach gets fired. And I don't think we're anywhere near that yet because it, this regime is in its infancy yeah. and, you know, they, the, they still haven't taken their big swing. Uh, but I think that it's something to monitor. Uh, I certainly wouldn't put it as a, as a, you know, red flag or anything like that. I think it's more the natural course of decision-making. But given the Knicks history and given the position they're in now, these early steps of, of a rebuild and the important decisions to come, I think it's something you have to keep an eye on. Everything you're saying, it sounds to me like we're going to have a quiet next 72 hours. Would would it, at this point, would you be more surprised if, if – if, well, let me ask you this. Do you expect they 
what would what would surprise you more that there would be no trade at all or that uh there would be like a, again the type of big trade that you, you you've been reporting you don't think is going to happen that would surprise me and again okay. i mean my caveat is things can change and certainly if somebody chooses their mind they're not my name is not on a list of people to inform on that uh if you're leon rose so i i wouldn't get wind of it right away but Certainly that would surprise me. The idea that they would give up, you know, multiple picks and like uh, an RJ or a, a Mitchell and, and for, for a, like a, you know, let's say Oladipo or Zach Levine or whoever, Bradley Beal, that would surprise me. Now, I, you know, written it, you guys have talked about it a lot too. They're monitoring Zach Levine. I, don't, I think that anytime there is an opportunity there, I think they would, you know, be aggressive in talking to Chicago. I haven't gotten a sense that Chicago is, is, there yet with Zach and why would they be? But I, I just don't see it as likely as, you know, they, they swing for the fences on a deal this Thursday. I think there's going to be a transaction or two. I just don't see that. That would surprise me. A uh, couple of rapid fire ones uh, before I get you out of here. Uh, the, the Knicks player that you would be least shocked if they were not on the roster, whether it's via trade or buyout, um, let's say a, a week from now. Right. And he, uh, I think Zach, uh, Lowe wrote about it today, and it was pretty clear based on how Austin Rivers was talking um, when the media spoke to him a couple weeks ago. I'd be surprised if he was on the roster after the trade deadline. I think whether it's trade or they work out a buyout, you know, he will be on another team. If not, I'd be surprised. And that means, you know, there's going to be a roster spot for them to do something with, whether it's acquiring a player in a trade or, um, you know, signing somebody. So that would surprise me if he was here. Um, alternative question. You, you, uh, giving you your a hundred dollar chip to walk into your casino. You could put it on any player in the NBA, not currently on the Knicks. Um, and you're going to get, um, you're going to double your money if you get it right. That will be on the Knicks after, uh, the trade deadline. <sighs> wow. That's a good one. Uh, let me think for a second. Who would I put my chip on? It's big money here. It's, you know, yeah. Game changer. Huh. I'm going to go with... I don't want to... I right, love the go. thought that you're giving yeah, this. Yeah, because I, so I, so, I have some names that I want to... To, to I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to blow you, blow up future reporting. So uh, let me, maybe not I'll, the one. I'll give, I'll give it. I'm gonna. I want to give a name. I want to give a name. Okay. Give, right. give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, all right. I'm gonna put my. I would put my hundred on JJ Redick, I guess. But I feel like I'm gonna lose that money. But either way, that's where I'll go. <laughs> and I just, I'm giving it to the house. It's an unfair game. It really is an unfair game. <laughs> um, this is the last question for you. Um, you debuted the putback um, over, I don't know how, it feels like it's been a little while now. It's become such a regular part of my um, consumption. Um, I appreciate has it, man. has it been fun for you to, because you were, you know, you're a reporter's reporter. Not that you didn't go on TV occasionally, but like, this is a little bit of a, a different lane. I mean, media is always changing. We've talked about it. God knows on this podcast. Has it been fun for you to, to do these little programs? I mean, these little kind of like bite-sized pieces. You get to talk to fans. You get to talk to, like, you know, well-known people. I've loved it. I'm just – do you love it? Because it seems like you're enjoying the hell out of it. Man, I well, first of all, thank you for watching. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, I am – I'm having fun. It's good. Like, it's, it's a cool outlet. I think 
our group at SNY, the producers, everybody yeah. um, on the back end who puts everything together, uh, guys I work with, uh, Mike Wallace, Mike Robinson, uh, co-host Chris Williamson, they're fantastic. You know, they make it easy. They do a great job putting everything together. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. I think it's fun to just kind of like answer questions from fans to talk to whoever we're talking to, to kind of just have fun speculating on stuff. And visually they do a great job. So yeah, we definitely had a good time. I hope we can continue our run uh, and just having a good time with it. We'd love to have you jump on sometime soon, John. And uh, yeah, we're having a good time with it. You know, if that happens, I'm just going to retire after that. Don't don't close your ears, Andrew, <laughs> because the, I don't, you know, that's like the high, you know, that's stop. That's what I'm going to do when you're newborn. When when you get to the, the phase where, you know, they're sleeping three hour for three hour clips, <laughs> uh, you'll be in a better place. And then I'm going to ask you, I don't want to do it before then, because I know you're in the thick of it. It's, right it's, now. I mean, the weeds are. Can't yeah. see the top of the weeds right now. <laughs> yes. That happens. Um, on that note, you, again, are in the trade weeds. I'm going to let you run um, a, one more time. Uh, Ian Bay, could you just actually quickly, just so we get it from your mouth, could you remind the folks at home where they could find you and all of your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, SNY.TV is articles. We have a digital show, The Putback, that's out uh, once a week on, on Wednesdays. Actually, we're doing a, a live show on Tuesday at 4 p.m., so be sure to tune in for that. We'll be talking trade deadline stuff. And we're going to do one after the deadline Friday at noon. So that'll be fun. And on Twitter, at Ian Begley, I-A-N-B-E-G-L-E-Y. Just throwing out updates as they come there. The best of the best, Ian Begley. Uh, hang on one sec. Thanks for coming on. And everybody out there, thanks for listening to another episode of the KFS Podcast. KFS Podcast.